I'm generally sad or reacting on the spot. You know, if you're frustrated instead of just yelling at your kid, understanding that frustration might have come from the way your boss treated you at work and bringing it back and then creating steps to where you're not uh, stimulated in that sort of way or that you can separate it. And so I think mindfulness is sort of a training to kind of get you back into brain balance. Uh, and I think psychedelics can really help that because it tends to level the playing field where it suppresses the ego and allows the subconscious to really have a voice. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience podcast. I'm your host, Keith Fiveson. On this podcast, I had the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Jesse Gould. Jesse is the founder and the president of the Heroic Hearts Project, a 501c3 nonprofit pioneering psychedelic therapies for military veterans. After being deployed as an Army Ranger in Afghanistan three times, he founded the Heroic Hearts Project in 2017 to spearhead the acceptance and the use of ayahuasca therapy as a means of addressing the current mental health crisis among veterans. The Heroic Hearts Project has raised over 350000 in scholarships from donors including Dr. Bronner's and partnered with the world's leading ayahuasca treatment centers, as well as sponsoring psych psychiatric applications with the University of Colorado in Boulder and the University of Georgia. His mission is to help as many people as possible and spread awareness about the benefits of these treatments. It was an honor to speak with him. I have done some work with them. I'm one of their mental health ambassadors, and I was excited to learn more about the treatments overall and his background. I hope you enjoy this episode and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 Jesse Gould, what is happening? What is going on? I'm so glad to see you. What's happening? Hey, Keith, uh, good to join you on this podcast. Excited oh, for it. Um, you know, really enjoyed our relationship uh, since you uh, joined our ambassador squad. For me, uh, things are going well. Uh, it's been a great year. Uh, we're getting into fall here in New York, um, and we actually have two retreats going on, one in Mexico, one in Peru. So I've kind of been a little bit all over the place, making sure that's smooth, but life is good. Work's good. Yeah, um, yeah. So excited for this conversation. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, where's Waldo? Where's Jesse? Jesse is somewhere <laughs> else. What's, what's going on? Where, where's Jesse now? I think we had a little period there. We were kind of like tracking you. You were, you were out of the country for a while and then you came back. What was that all about? What, what, what happened? What was that? Yeah, absolutely. So recently, beginning of August, I did a race, an ultra marathon in mm -hmm. Finland. So it was in the northern parts. The whole race was in mm. the Arctic Circle, and it was mm. a 155 miler segmented self-supported race. Uh, uh -huh. So I, I really actually did it for myself, but we did do uh -huh. a fundraiser. You know, why not uh, for the nonprofit? Uh, I haven't been. It's the the these kind of like endurance mm -hmm. races. Um, I haven't done them in a while with COVID mm -hmm. and everything. And so this was one mm -hmm. of those just to kind of get back into it and take a well-needed break from, from work. Mm -hmm. And so it was great just being in nature, running uh, with a great group of people. And so there, a little vacation mm -hmm. with my wife in Finland and then uh, oh, wow. back in New York. 
Wow, wow. You know, it's uh, it's wonderful to be you. I mean, you know, you're you're like the Iron Man, you know. I you know, it's like the like the hero, like uh, you know, I hey, I want to be you. That's straight. Now, now let me now, you know, you not everybody does that, but you've got this army ranger kind of background. Tell me a little bit about, you know, who you are and uh why why are you doing what you're doing because, you know, you're you're like I see you in the news, I see you, you know, you're doing big things on the hill and you know the organization's great and I'm so glad to be a part of it uh to, you know, be uh a part of the Heroic Hearts project is big because there are some big changes happening. So maybe you can give a little bit of the arc of your story if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um so as relates to this chapter, mm -hmm. uh like you mentioned I was army ranger, uh had three combat deployments to Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. I was a non-commissioned officer, so I was also in charge of a lot of uh, junior rangers during my time. Um, and overall, I had a, had a great experience in the military. When mm -hmm. I got out, I uh, had a similar sort of issue as a lot of veterans. Um, I just started facing some mental health mm -hmm. uh, challenges that I really didn't expect. I thought I was going to get out, hit the ground running, and continue mm -hmm. full force. But I just found myself weighted down by these, these mental health issues, mm -hmm. anxiety, depression. Uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD, mm. um, and then I quickly found that the mental health apparatus going through the VA was just sort of a fast track to medications mm. um, and more of a maintenance uh, ideology mm. as opposed to overcoming and figuring out what the root cause of the problem yeah. was. Mm -hmm. So I found myself in a situation where it didn't seem like even the professionals could help. Fortunately, mm. around that time, I heard about this indigenous retreat that was going on mm. in South America mm -hmm. called Ayahuasca. Hmm. And me coming from a background of never having any interest in psychedelics or hmm. drugs of any kind for that matter. Uh, right. At first I cast it off, but for whatever reason, as my life continued to go downhill, I was like, all right, well, hmm. I'm not doing the right thing. So let's give this a shot. So hmm. cut forward, went to Peru, uh, pretty much left my old life behind because there's not really much to, to preserve and just had a pretty profound experience in Peru. And it opened my eyes of, of the power of these plants uh, and what psychedelics can actually do. That, you know, it wasn't this sort of tripping, you know, escapism. There was actually a lot of profound healing. Uh, could be challenging, but wow. there was a lot to it. And so 2017 uh, started Heroic Hearts Project. There really wasn't uh, an organization that was profound that was uh, prominently talking about this for wow. the veterans. Five, five um, years ago. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. and uh, also setting up a program of support that I didn't have. So mm -hmm. uh, connecting people to vetted retreats and then the follow-up integration support. Mm -hmm. uh, so we pretty much had to build it from the ground up and been doing it for, for a little over five years now. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been challenging, uh, but mm -hmm. fortunately the space has caught up. Um, mm -hmm. And so the research has just backed up everything that we're saying at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is more and more popular and more veterans are, are right are getting the, the treatment that they deserve. There's a lot right. of work ahead, but I think we're, we're in a good spot. There's, there's right. hope. Uh, well, that's, coming. that's like an amazing story, Jesse. I'm, I'm, you know, and I, I have to say that, you know, the work you're doing is very inspiring. It provides a lot of aspiration to a lot of people that there's an opportunity to really go ahead. And, uh, as, uh, Michael Pollan says, you know, um, uh, how to change your mind, how to, how to go ahead and 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 make a difference uh rewrite the script reset reboot and really reframe your your reality for you like you did this ayahuasca journey and you came back was that like the point where you realized you wanted to do this work when when did you realize you wanted to do the work i mean it was just like 
you woke up, you said, oh, I got to do this for everyone. Was that was that like how it happened? <laughs> or tell me. What? No, no, I think the work found me versus the other way around. So, like I said, it left. I was working in finance in Tampa before, but I essentially bought a one-way ticket to Peru. So after my experience, like I said, there really wasn't that much ticket. talk about integration. So I was I was trying to figure it out as I go. So I gave myself some space, was traveling around, and like, what just happened? You know, it was like a reset brain. Mm -hmm. um, and so more and more, you know, talking to friends and talking mm -hmm. to them about my experience, it kind of became this this reality where at that point, I'd already had double digit friends that I served with that had taken their own life, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw a lot of other friends that were actively struggling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, I just stumbled upon this thing that's been around for thousands of years, but I stumbled right. upon it. Um, and it can potentially help a lot of people. And so more and more, it was like, hey, mm -hmm. do you have the ability to actually make this successful and is this something that can actually help and so it became more of an obligation that i couldn't avoid at some point right and so then looking into it, it was like okay well um i think there's something here it's now mm. or never and i was literally in a small internet cafe in in mm. colombia mm -hmm. uh and that was the the genesis of heroic hearts that was uh, like it. To, yeah little by little trying to figure out how do you start a nonprofit, mm -hmm. how do you build a website all uh, pretty much from mm -hmm. scratch, just uh, right. poking around. Wow. And and coming up with the name Heroic Hearts, was that like uh, just kind of, did that just come naturally? Because you really had an heart opener, right? You had this change experience. You had this transformation, this wake up call that said, oh, wow, I feel different. I got to I gotta do this for other folks. So was there a moment where you kind of said, okay, I'm going to call it Heroic Hearts and I'm going to turn into a 501c3 you know uh so the 501c3 was pretty apparent just because right. you know i wasn't trying to charge for it and i knew this was something that had to be sort of a donor-based system just because i didn't want to like charge vets and i knew a lot of the vets were financially constrained so that that part was pretty apparent of the nonprofit. the the name you know i was, I was kind of going around and i didn't want sort of a generic you know veteran kind of name mm -hmm. and uh, one day I remember I just woke up and I was like, hey, I think, let me look at some poems that I, I really like. I think maybe mm. there there might be something that sticks out that mm -hmm. that uh, might be the name. Right. And for whatever reason, I had that sort of inspiration. So I looked at a couple of poems and then I was reading this one uh, called Ulysses by Tennyson. Mm -hmm. And the last four lines, well, I actually have it up, so I'll read it. Mm -hmm. um, the last four lines are, we are not now the, that strength which in old days moved heaven and earth that which mm. we are we are one equal one equal temper of heroic hearts made weak mm. by time and fate but strong in will to strive to seek to find and to not yield and so the poem itself is about mm. sort of uh ulysses coming home from these great battles and great adventures and just how hard it was for him to come home and how he was a changed person his family had changed on their own right uh, how he still had that thriving to be back with with his with his friends, mm -hmm. his brethren, uh, mm -hmm. and just you know now kind of in this position where he's older, uh, missing it, and you know mm -hmm. having that hard time adjusting. So it just kind of came about that that was the heroic hearts uh, was was sort of the perfect fit for it. Mm, I love that. I love that. And uh, you know I think the uh, the work that you really have done is really uh, and are continuing to doing is really opening up some doors you did it back in 2017 we hadn't seen michael pollan's 
book really take off at that particular point in time. Now it's on the Netflix series, you know, it, and like there's this whole renaissance that we're calling it. And you'd said uh, just a little earlier that there's some, been some challenges, uh, but there's also been some successes. Can you talk to what those challenges have been for you, maybe personally or throughout the organization? And maybe what are some of the successes? Because there's still you know, controversy around psychedelics. I mean, you know, people think, okay, we're just going to, you know, we're going to have a rave. We're going to have a party. We're going to, you know, what, what's going on here? Are these like hippies, you know, uh, what's yeah. happening? Are we back in the sixties again? And well, yeah, exactly. So what, what are yeah, the, the challenges and successes? Jesse? The challenges have uh, evolved throughout the years. Uh, there's some lingering ones, but each year kind of brings its own set of challenges um like as you mentioned starting in 2017 it was, it was very interesting it was it's almost night and day of what it is now just in terms of outreach uh for the better i'd say mostly um and so in 2017 it was you know it was like clearing the the jungle like there it was just cold calling people having them have that sort of reaction of like, what are you talking about? Like all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff mm -hmm. um and then with michael pollan there's kind of a back-to-back -back thing like uh, the MAPS MDMA study started getting really good results that were publicly broadcast, Michael Pollan's book, and then uh, the Johns Hopkins psychedelic study. All this happened within mm -hmm. 2018, 2019 timeframe, which shifted the dynamic. So then after that, when I started talking about it, people had at least some semblance of what mm. was going on, right? It wasn't me starting from less than ground zero. So um, to this day, so that's kind of always been the challenge. Uh, and then just sort of equating it like, hey, psychedelics can help veterans with PTSD. That's mm -hmm. originally wasn't like what, what people thought, you know, mm. uh, take a drug mm -hmm. to, to help this. Um, right. But fortunately, we made a lot of steps. And so I would say that's a success in, in right. our messaging and, and other nonprofits and organizations that, that came that mm -hmm. were already there or came afterwards. Um, still to this day, you know, they're the the government did a very good job in terms of their drug war propaganda. And so that's very entrenched, uh, especially generationally. And so, and people, you know, who grew up in the 60s, 70s had their own mm -hmm. um, views of it. They, they saw mm -hmm. certain things firsthand. So, right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's still very tricky. People right. are very afraid of anything with the, the word drug. Mm -hmm. And uh, right. if you mention psychedelics, it automatically brings yeah people going crazy, losing control. Right. Us as American society, we really don't like this dynamic of mm -hmm. losing control or, or, mm -hmm. or not having permanent control. Mm -hmm. Or the so, opportunity I mean, to reset, reboot, and reframe. I mean, you know, and, and, and like we've seen, you know, with uh, addictions and uh, whether or not it's opioids or alcoholism or other kinds of addictions, you know, there's really some great stuff out there. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I interrupted. No, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of the successes, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, and then just the challenges is, is right. um, we pretty much had to build an infrastructure that's just mm -hmm. not there just because right. these, these substances are still schedule one. Mm -hmm. So everything we've had to build from scratch uh, in terms of so support, coaching, finding practitioners, finding protocols, we've, we built all of that. Um, and without sort of, and this is a big haul, you know, these are not necessarily cheap. Uh, so right. bringing that money in the success, you know, on a statewide basis, we we've, we've helped a lot of the, uh, drug policy changes in various places like DC, mm -hmm. um, Oregon, uh, mm -hmm. Texas, uh, right. Connecticut, we we've been involved with a lot of those. So little by little, some federal policies coming out, mm -hmm. um, 
we've been able to reach a lot of veterans. We've, we've actually served hundreds of veterans and then our message has got out to thousands more. So at least they know that there's a lifeline out there. Mm. Um, other organizations mm. have popped up and, you know, I think we, we've helped in terms of establishing that ground. Mm. Um, so those, those are the successes of this is, mm. you know, I think for all of us, it's, it never happens fast enough, mm. but it is mm-hmm. a remarkable change mm. just in the past few years. Mm. And it's a change that's going in a great direction for the most part, mm. right? There's still stuff we have to be conscientious and cautious of, but at least we're giving people viable options. Mm-hmm. We're, we're working with veterans who were on the edge, who mm-hmm. quite possibly might have you know, taken their own lives had it not been for uh, some sort of psychedelic intervention. And so at least we're going towards treatment modalities mm-hmm. that can be effective as opposed to the maintenance modalities like right. uh, medications. Right. Now, Jesse, I just want you to close your eyes for a second, all right? Just close your eyes, all right? We are not now that strength which in old days moved earth and heaven. That which we are, we are one equal temper of heroic hearts made weak by time and fate but strong and will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Breathe that in, man. Breathe that in. Yeah. 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 It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> Absolutely. Actually, the, the original website uh, had a lot of those quotes all over the website. Mm-hmm. I but it that. was too it was too like um uh-huh. archaic people were like what the hell does that mean <laughs> so we, we kind of transitioned it but I it's still that. at the, the heart of what that. we do now you drop some knowledge you drop some names there jesse and uh you know i i want to i want to i want to uh, pull that out a little bit pull the names out a little bit with the next question which is you know who are some of your mentors or people that really, uh, you know, inspire you or provide the aspirations to kind of want to go forward. Like I can, I can think of, you know, off the top of my head, I can think of like Bob Parsons, the founder of GoDaddy, who's a vet, you know, who's really been very helpful in the field. You know, who are some of the other folks that, you know, you might, maybe he's included in that list, or maybe there are some others. Do you have some folks that are really, you know, your, your heroes, your heroes that uh, are really helping this field or helping you and your, you know, and what your, what your aspirations are? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's the, you know, this kind of standard names of the the famous people in the, the psychedelic space, you know, mm-hmm. um, obviously, like, you know, like Rick Doblin and mm-hmm. Robin Carhart Harris and mm-hmm. uh, Griffiths at, at Johns Hopkins, you know, they all like are innovators. They all push this forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the original um, guys that, that, that like Shogun and and um, his name escapes me. The the guy who invented uh, LSD. Uh, uh, Albert Hoffman. Albert Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the obviously those, but they also get <laughs> nowadays they get enough attention. So I, I praise the I praise the people on the ground that are not getting the podcasts that are not getting mm-hmm. the attention, nor did they want it. You know the the practitioners that have been keeping these modalities alive underground here in the U.S. And then especially the healers in these countries that have been kind enough mm-hmm. to share uh, this healing with them. So mm-hmm. the indigenous healers that we work with in Peru uh, mm-hmm. and Colombia and other countries uh, who welcome us in, who work right. with us, uh, who you know are, are 
the preservers of this knowledge that dates back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. So the, the indigenous healers uh, in all these countries, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously deserve so much praise, respect, mm-hmm. uh, admiration. Mm-hmm. Um, so and it's like any other movement. It's, it's built mm-hmm. on the backs of many. Right. There's certain people that, that kind of become the faces of it. And I think right. that's natural for a movement to go forward. We need that focal right. point, but mm-hmm. it's always never the result of one individual it's the right. result of of many unnamed and so those and, are always and the all the re- are- and all the all the researchers i mean i i read something that there's over 20,000 research papers now that really show from an efficacy viewpoint really show some real you know real excellent progress i mean it's not a panacea it's not an answer for everyone but you know um, one of the things that and certainly the medicalized version of it is helping to go ahead and legalize the process but you're really talking about when you talk about the shamans or the indigenous people and doing an ayahuasca journey you're really talking about like bringing people into an authentic experience i was in a conversation yesterday that really started to talk about the you know commodification the you know the acceptance of all of the psychedelics you know then he said there's a shaman on every corner now you know there's a shaman on every corner so um, i'm wondering from your viewpoint you know how how do you how do you how do you sort through that because one of the things that i i know is you're doing something you know you know you're not you're not doing something commercial you're do, you're trying to bring an authentic experience to the individual so you have a sense of that in terms of your perspective around shaman on every corner or you know how do you find the real deal you know yeah i mean it's tricky too because like even if you go into like peru for instance um there's a lot of different traditions right there's different tribes there's different ways of doing it there's different relationships and you can get Uh, like ayahuasca in the street in peru now they got people selling selling you know you want it like a coke no you want a bottle of ayahuasca you know here you go you know it's like right yeah, yeah. And so it's hard to just have like, and for me as, you know, a, a white dude who grew up in Florida, it's not for me to say what's authentic, what's not, what, right. uh, for me, it's, it's as with everything else, it's, it's relationships. So, I mean, these are conversations we do need to have, um, of, as it comes to the U S you know, I do want people who are from, uh, who are born in the U S to become healers in their own right. But I want, uh, I would prefer that they do it respectfully. I think the trick comes, you know, people go to the Amazon for like two weeks, they do a dieta, right. they come back and then claim they're a healer. For right. me, I, I am not uh, a fan of that just because if you right. look at how most of these modalities, uh, or these healers come about, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a master apprentice sort of relationship, right? right? They, they work under a master, they work. Intergenerational. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, they do dietas with hundreds of different plants. Mm-hmm. There's a whole process. Um, and even, you know, if you're doing it for decades, there's mm-hmm. there's always more to learn. Uh, and so whatever right. psychedelic modality, it's more of experience in and mm-hmm. uh, respect and, and actually doing that. Mm-hmm. It's not about the title. It's not mm-hmm. like I can put shaman on my LinkedIn or uh, <laughs> that I can now charge $5,000 per person, uh-huh. uh, which is what it's kind of becoming in the, the economic sort of side of it. Shaman. People are, have shamans on their LinkedIn? Come on, Jesse. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm really? sure you can find that somewhere. Sure, I, yeah, I, I got to do a search. I got to look at that. Oh, my God. <laughs> OMG. It's, it's, it's coming. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of those we have to tread cautiously. Uh-huh. Um, forward with that you know if, if right. somebody has 
dedicated their life to this and they are a healer and they want to like share this right. um you know it, there there there's steps um mm -hmm. to go and it, it's just as as uh, sensitive as anything else you know and the certification is going to be tricky i think they're already trying to manage that in oregon we don't really know the right answer right. of right. um you know if somebody's been doing it in the amazon for 50 years of their life and they're the master there are they so required to get a certification in in california or oregon like when this does uh -huh. come you know that, yep. that's kind of silly yep. but on yep. the other side you don't want bob on the corner just saying right. hey i'm a shaman i got this you know right. um technical yeah. college it's I like that car wash sign the you know they flip the sign around you know shaman here you know go yeah. there whatever yeah yeah and so, so for yeah. For, so I don't, you know, I don't know the right answer of how to scale this or how, how to make this sort of, but for what we provide for Heroic mm -hmm. Hearts, it's what we provide is that relationship. You know, we, we've been in this space for a while. We, right. we try to approach it respectfully with whoever we work with. Mm -hmm. Myself or somebody on our team will first go through a ceremony uh, with the healers that we use. And mm -hmm. if it's a good match and it seems like, you know, they, they've, mm -hmm. they know what they're, they've been doing it for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. and it, they want to work with veterans and we want to work with them. If it's all that, that's what we provide that, that one-on-one -on -one relationship. Mm -hmm. And so it's right. not for me to say like, this is the qualifications you need or this, but mm -hmm. there are certain things of like, how long have you been doing this? What, what, what lineages do you come from? How do you work with mm -hmm. this? How do you prepare it? All those are right. questions that need to be answered. But at the end of the day, it is the relationship, you know? Right. So there's the set setting the intention within the set and then the setting and then the integration. And I, I like this. Uh, I spoke with uh, uh, someone the other day. It was a 508C1A, 508C1A. It's a, you know, a sacred sacrament church, if you will, a, mm -hmm. a gathering place. And, and he uh, used the term uh, set setting, integration and activation. I thought the activation was interesting. I like that. You know, I'm in the, uh, you spoke about Oregon. I'm in the, uh, uh, a program, the psychedelic assisted therapy provider program, which is accepted in Oregon. It's a very intense. So the medicalization process is pretty intense. You still need an LMSW or you need to be a therapist or you need to be a doctor in order to go ahead and do the, uh, you know, right now it's ketamine. You can't do any of the other stuff unless you're offshore. My, uh, when you go ahead and do this, you know, this is called the, uh, the podcast is the mindfulness experience. And a lot of it is around, uh, you know, we teach breathing practices. Do you use any of the breathing practices or any mindfulness or any meditation as a part of the, you know, set setting or the uh, application, you know, the administration of the work that you're doing in a group or in a, you know, when you're going off uh, and, and you're bringing a group together? What does that look like? And what does mindfulness mean to you in that regard? Absolutely. Um, yeah. So kind of a quick overview of what our program is, what it looks like. We do, you know, sort of an intake, uh, veterans come to us. We just make sure that mm -hmm. there's not any like red flags in terms of medication, mental health, physical health, all that kind of stuff. See if mm -hmm. they're a good fit. Um, and then if they are, then we generally start about four to six weeks before the retreat. And that's the preparation, mm -hmm. pre-integration. And mm -hmm. so every veteran gets, we, we do three, three to four, uh, prep mm -hmm. zoom calls. So cover all travel logistics, packing lists, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then they get one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching time. So we have a whole team of coaches who mm -hmm. generally are veterans themselves, have gone through their own healing and mm -hmm. have gone through a certification to become a coach. So every vet that goes through a program gets three sessions before, three sessions afterwards, and then follow up integration calls that, that continuously mm -hmm. go. 
Uh, and so the coaches talk with them and then give them sort of tips of getting on diet before, uh, you know, eating certain things, cutting out social media, cutting out, um, you know, cannabis, Cleansing, uh, tobacco, yeah. mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. They talk mm-hmm. about uh, breathing techniques. They talk about mindfulness. They talk about mm-hmm. meditation, getting into it at the retreats. Um, each retreat's a little bit different depending on where they're at. But generally, there's always yoga. There's always some sort of meditation, some sort of breath work before mm-hmm. just kind of calming, getting into it. Um, right. And so we do discuss that. We do discuss what this is all about, you know, tapping in right. to um, understanding yourself, understanding your subconscious, understanding your emotions more uh, and being more in tune to if you're having a reaction, where's that stemming from, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right. we, 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 we discuss that going into it and try to give them more tips. And that's sort of the end goal uh, as we evolve more so in terms of the aftercare, partnering with other organizations that can provide these things mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more intensive. So yeah. that's sort of the, the program. And these are all very valuable tools and keep people on the right track. Uh, right. For me, mindfulness is that it's, um, I think in the Western world, especially, we very much value um, front of the brain thinking, logic, and uh, just analytical. And so we spend most of our time there. And we're taught to sort of suppress the emotion, subconscious intuition side of it. And so I think mindfulness is sort of a training to kind of get you back into brain balance to where you need both sides of it. Uh, and I think psychedelics can really help that because it, it tends to level the playing field where it suppresses the mm-hmm. ego and the, the analytical brain and it allows the subconscious mm-hmm. to really have a voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why it happens in images and, and mm-hmm. feelings. Um, and so mindfulness is connecting, I think, those two, building the bridges of when mm-hmm. you have some sort of reaction or some sort of feeling instead of just saying, like, mm-hmm. I'm generally sad or reacting right. on the spot. You know, mm-hmm. if you're frustrated instead of just yelling at your kid, understanding that frustration might've come from the way your boss treated you at work and bringing it back and then creating steps to where you're not uh, stimulated in that sort of way or that you can separate it. So that's mindfulness for me is, is that connection of, of the brain. Right. And, and, uh, and, you know, you can't, you can't change your mind or fix the problem with whatever's going on in your mind, unless you're with the same mind that created the problem. So, you know, the opportunity, I think through the, experience through the psychedelic experience through the ability to use these drugs to use these chemicals to quiet down the default mode network that chatter side of the brain which is the protector right the guy that closes the door closes the gate protects all those horrible feelings those traumas that might have happened and to really step away from that and to kind of go oh let me take a look at that thing that happened oh I see what happened there. Oh, I love, oh, I'm, I'm okay. That was a situation, place, person, whatever it is. And you really get to go ahead and bring some compassion to it, some perspective to it. And that really is the process. Now you had mentioned uh, the vets. So from the viewpoint of the heroic arts project, all of the people that go on these retreats are vets and are they paying or they, is it a co-op? Is it a reduced price? I, because I know as a 501c3, you're doing a lot. You've, you're looking at getting, uh, you know, uh, some donations and looking at getting some funding. You know, how do you get funded and 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 what can people do to go ahead and participate in that process? Yeah. So, you know, there's 
right now we've, we've had to sort of draw the line um, mm -hmm. just because there's so much demand for what we're we're offering uh, mm -hmm. just because there's so much pain out there struggling in trauma mm -hmm. and so right now we we only serve uh, combat related uh, trauma so vets that have been in combat ex experiences and have their trauma as a result or mm -hmm. military sexual trauma mm -hmm. um, so those are the two groups that we, we work with currently uh, we'd love to expand it to all vets and you know uh, first responders, but even with those groups, we have such huge demand that it's it's really hard to to keep up. Um, and so we, you know, as a nonprofit, you pointed out, uh, we kind of have to constantly be fundraising, and this can be a little bit of a tricky space to fundraise in, given the 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 nature of the substances. Um, but it really is. It's uh, individuals that donate five ten dollars here or mm -hmm. bigger donors that help us run retreats um but it's a constant you know the i could spend every day just on the donor development piece uh so fortunately i have some good people on our team and then in terms of the uh what a veteran can expect in terms of like cost and all that we we work on a sliding scale um unfortunately with trauma tends to come financial instability. Uh, oftentimes these traumas prevent people from holding down jobs or, or right. really, you know, um, living their life to the fullest. Uh, and so, you know, and even for somebody that is doing well, you know, we, we average, it's roughly about 4,500 per person. And that's, mm. that's expensive for a lot of people, for most right. Americans, I would think. Um, mm -hmm. So basically with most vets, we do a sliding scale. Mm -hmm. uh, we we prefer them having some investment in it, so mm -hmm. we generally have them buy their ticket or at least the majority of the ticket. So right. that way they're just get down here, it. just get down here. We'll take care of the rest. Yeah, yeah. so they're investing in themselves. You know, exactly, yeah. they've got some skin in the game, and that's exactly. that's, that's really good. So, um, uh, and if somebody wanted to get involved and do some donations on the site, uh, I mean, they'd go to the site and they just go ahead and click and donate. So there's no limitation. You can, you know, uh, give you a donation of a thousand, two thousand, even more than that. And and what about government grants or uh, grants from organizations and doing that kind of funding? Is that coming in as well? So yeah, to your point, heroicheartsproject.org. That's mm -hmm. if people want to donate and support, right. uh, just hit the donate button. Uh, it's it's coming. It's tricky though because the these substances are Schedule One, and so that mm -hmm. really has limited. And as you mentioned, there's still a uh, heavy stigma around mm -hmm. it. So a lot of traditional nonprofits they generally rely on corporate donations or government grants, especially mm -hmm. when you're doing uh, mental health services. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I'm not expecting like a Ford Motor Company to come pro psychedelic mm -hmm. anytime soon. So mm -hmm. the corporate uh, side of things has been a little bit slow. There's mm -hmm. been great organizations like Dr. Bronner's, uh, the mm -hmm. soap company that has been monumental in, in supporting mm -hmm. us and other psychedelics and have really been leaders in the space for mm -hmm. corporate donation. Mm -hmm. uh, government grants are starting to emerge. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, because it's schedule one, it really limits the amount of money, federal money right. that can go into these things, which is why there's been such a blackout of research for the past 50, 60 years. Uh, little by little, but most of that money tends to now uh, go mm -hmm. more towards clinical research, mm -hmm. which is absolutely necessary. But that's mm -hmm. a little bit higher steps up. But the VA is uh, is supplementing and, and providing support to individuals that want to get ketamine therapy, right? Yeah, yeah to some degree. To some degree. Um, the, mm -hmm. the problem is it's VA by VA dependent. And mm -hmm. the vast majority, you have to go through all sorts of different hoops mm -hmm. to, to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not been a, a, a great program 
-hmm. And then also the ketamine, generally speaking, uh, that they use is S-ketamine, so the nasal spray. Right. And they tend to, with ketamine, uh, we, we favor the ketamine-assisted psychotherapy approach, where it's not just right. you get a ketamine and go home, right. uh, ketamine infusion, go home, but there's, there's therapy around it. You're utilizing the substance, mm -hmm. and you can actually, at a certain um, dosage, get to a somewhat psychedelic state, and then that helps the therapist get a little bit deeper, deeper, deeper. Exactly. Uh, but what they're, they tend to use it with the VA is just that chemical benefit. Right. And so the problem is, if you're just using it for the antidepressive effect, that tends to only last a couple of weeks to a couple of months. And so then you're kind of getting back into this uh, maintenance model as opposed to an overcoming model. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the, the big issue is it is available, but mm -hmm. I don't think they're using it effectively. And even right. if they were, it's still extremely hard for veterans mm -hmm. to access it. I think right. the first year that they rolled out over the course of the year, they served like about 12 veterans, which is mm -hmm. extremely embarrassing for a, a, a <laughs> yeah, federal, very for the so. largest healthcare provider. Yeah, very much so. And I, I think to your point, you know, they're using it, uh, ketamine from a pain relief, from a depression relief, but not necessarily uh, getting into the disassociative effects of being able to go ahead and have a sort of a a journey, if you will, that really then from an integration and from an activation viewpoint allows that person to deal in their life uh, a lot differently. Let me ask you, uh, as we're getting uh, off uh, close to the time here, uh, from a, uh, I know I'm going to see you at a conference coming up in November, um, and there is a lot of stuff that's going on in the field. What do you see in terms of legalization and the future? And uh, what kind of concerns do you have as we kind of push this ball forward, uh, however slowly? I mean, Michael Pollan's uh, book, his movie has done a lot to go ahead and activate a lot of people's minds and, you know, kind of look at this, take a second, third look at it a little bit more. But what's your view? I mean, you're, you've are you been up on the Hill, you've been involved in some of these discussions. So you've got kind of like a street level view. Uh, do you have a sense of that, Jesse? It's still tricky. I mean, the, the federal policy is a little bit of a wild card. I know Biden has mentioned some sort of movement there, but it's still, right. it's, it's who knows what to say. And we also, you know, it's election year. We don't know where the, the cards are going to lie. Right. And you had mentioned, has, you mentioned Oregon before, and that's kind of, uh, you know, kind of set the red flag in terms of state by state. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And so like federal, like we do have bipartisan support. There is things moving forward. So hopefully we can push it past that. On a state by state, I think it's just going to continue how it is. Uh, various uh, bills, depending on where that state is at the time. I think Oregon will be very informative in terms of kind of a little bit more of a regular regulatory system. Colorado is kind of uh, doing the same sort of thing. Right. And then sort of the degree. So, for instance, Texas is more specifically a research bill. Mm -hmm. So pushing for research. Uh, Connecticut is having like a pilot program. So mm -hmm. it's not just straight decriminalization, but you will actually be able to test out stuff. Mm -hmm. right now or work with individuals right now so i think a lot of them are going to be hybrids of that and i do think it's kind of similar to cannabis going to go state by state before uh there's big federal movement i mean next year we expect mdma to become prescribable once it passes fda trials uh -huh. psilocybin will likely follow in a few years um so i think i i, I kind of 
believe it's going to still continue state by or like uh, incrementally. And then eventually I think it's going to be sort of a dam break situation. I'm hoping we can build the infrastructure before then where we still need mass amounts of training, training for therapists, uh, right. support, um, other other issues around that. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the, the federal side or the executive branch could mm-hmm. just throw a, a wrench in it or could open it up. And that's right. hard to say. But right. there hasn't really across the, the spectrum of the, the notable Republicans and Democrats, there hasn't really been a, a big um, excitement or uh, rush to, to really do anything with this. Most people tend to play a conservative and right. the conservative tends to be more lackluster bills than anything else. And that's where I think the, uh, you know, heroic carts project really does a great job in terms of working with vets in terms of dealing with PTSD, in terms of looking at, you know, how do we take care of the people who are out on the front line taking care of our country? And uh, the work that you're doing, I think, is outstanding. And we need to do more work. And I'm really incredibly pleased and, you know, grateful that uh, we've got, uh, you know, some uh, perspective to be able to go ahead and help people, uh, however challenging it may be under the circumstances, at least there's some light here. Do you, um, you want to, uh, leave us with, uh, any, uh, kind of, uh, words of wisdom, uh, maybe a little bit more Ulysses or something else like that. You have uh, anything, uh, any more knowledge you want to drop on us, Jesse? I'm loving this conversation. Uh, so please. Yeah, me too. I mean, at the end of the day, psychedelics are just a piece of this and that that gets all the excitement and all the buzz but it's really showing us what we're missing as society and as a culture and that is community community systems have really dissolved um and especially with the internet mm-hmm. it just doesn't replace in-person community where we support each other mm-hmm. i think the psychedelics will be sort of a, a new blossom and, and mm-hmm. push for that mm-hmm. but we have to understand that psychedelics are not magic the mm-hmm. the magic comes from human to human interaction of me checking in with you, you checking in with me, me holding you accountable. And if we don't have that, then we're going to continue to have pretty massive mental health issues in the veteran community and and much broader. Um, And so I think you you see this in in old literature and and these stories that were passed down. It was all about community. That was the sharing of of art is community. Uh, I think poetry and and, uh, these stories remind us of that. And so we need to look towards that. Like, what can we do in our own local communities to foster that? Right, 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 right. That's, uh, I think that's very, not only poetic, but I think it's very profound because I think there, you know, in conversations with folks, there is this kind of hole in the soul. There's a sense of collective trauma. How do we take care of each other? We're, how do we regulate or help each other to co-regulate so that we can normalize not only the trauma, but we can feel like we're supported. And it sounds like that's uh, to a large extent, the work that you're doing and uh, it's excellent. So again, uh, if people want to donate on the website, it's heroicheartsproject.org. And uh, Jesse Gould, that's J-E-S-S-E Gould, G-O-U-L-D, can find you on LinkedIn. Any other ways to get a hold of you, Jesse? Uh, LinkedIn, uh, our, we, our main uh, social media is uh, Instagram, Heroic Hearts Project, our mm-hmm. website, as you mentioned. So um, feel free to reach out on the website. You can fill out the contact form. Veterans can fill out the application if they're interested in the program, uh, but happy to have your support in any any capacity. 
Excellent. And I'm uh, so glad to be a part of it and so glad to have you on the show, Jesse. I want to thank you again for being here. I know you're busy. You're probably going to go run some you know, Ironman uh, contest next. I'll, you know, is he in Netherlands? Is he in Finland? Where is Jesse now? So uh, it's nice to have you here again, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you so much. Been great. Thank you for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this interesting conversation and the insights with Jesse Gould. I hope he gave you some ideas on what's happening in the psychedelics area and the applications for veterans with stress, PTSD, etc. For more information about Jesse Gould or the Heroic Hearts Project, please reach out to them directly. We have other exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks. Please tune in, follow our podcast, connect with us, leave us a review, suggest topics. I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me on social media channels or visit my website at workmindfulness.com for more mindfulness experience moments. Thank you again. See you on the next show. Take care.